Today we have WWE legend Luke the Bushwhacker on the podcast. Luke, thank you for blessing us with your presence today. Whoa, g'day Danny. It's bloody good to be here, mate. You're looking good, mate, but you smell like sardines. (laughs) And I've had that for breakfast for many years. Have you really? I've known you for a long time. You used to run the gym on Clearwater Beach. uh, Clearwater Beach. You You had your own gym. We used to always work out together, me, you, and the Hulkster, and yeah. uh, those were some good times. Some good times, mate, but evolution of time, we have to move on. You got to move on. Yeah. Every once in a while, you got to just move on and write a new chapter. Exactly, mate, and I'm moving on. I don't know what the next chapter's going to be, but, um, well, I've got a few ideas anyhow. Have you? Yeah. So what are, how you been? How are good, you? Good, good, mate, good. I just got back from Quebec, a town, I worked in a town on Sunday afternoon. It's the first time I've been there since 1972. That was the last time I wrestled in that town. And I had a few people there came up to me. They were old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they said, I remember you being here yeah. many, many moons ago yeah, yeah. with Andre the Giant. That's crazy. So you're, how old are you now? Hey. Quiet. I'm I to all the girls out there, I'm twenty five, twenty six. You don't look a day over thirty. No, no. no. Any I'm seventy three at Christmas, January. And you're still wrestling? You're still in the ring entertaining. Wow. Well, you could you could call it re- it's called entertaining. Why is it called entertaining? Well, that's what I do. I entertain the people. Is that what everyone calls it? Is that what all WWE wrestlers it's WWE, call it? WWE it's called WWE is World Wrestling Entertainment. Okay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So it's just, you, you don't call it wrestling. People just call it. No, you could call it wrestling. It's re- wrestling and that. But um, when they look at me and they say, you still wrestling? I say, I'm entertaining. Right, right. Sounds better you at my age. You don't do any kind of like hard jumps or take any big bumps. You kind of no, just take I, it easy I, now? I, I give them. You give them. You give yeah. them. I'm a giver, not a taker. Remember <laughs> that, folks. <laughs> and to all you women out there. <laughs> whoa. What? Whoa. And I'm from down under. You know what I mean? And I'm a bush whacker. Where'd you get I that? I hate being told, though. Most of them tell me today, but I'm shaved. Most of the women, when I say I'm from down under and I'm a bush whacker, they turn around and say to me, well, I'm shaved. Oh, the women say that to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. So where where did so where did you come up? I mean, so we've had the pleasure of having many WWE superstars on this show. We've had Jimmy Hart, we've had Lanny Poffo, the brother of Macho Man, and now you're the third WWE superstar. 
Um, so how did you get into the business? Like, can you, t- let's talk about like your early days, where are you, from? Early what, days, how did you get started in this crazy, wacky yes, world? Yes. Funny, but it's the next door neighbor. This, I was in a, born in a town called Lower Hutt, New Zealand. It's a suburb of the capital, Wellington. It's about eight miles out from, from the city of Wellington. Yeah. And my next door neighbor was a bodybuilder. And uh, he, he uh, went into Mr. New Zealand and that, and he got placed. And the uh, judge in Mr. New Zealand was a former Mr. New Zealand, a 1950 Mr. New Zealand. He was a judge. Plus, he, at this time now, he was the um, wrestling promoter for the only promotion in New Zealand. And he said to my uh, next-door neighbor, my buddy, he said to him, you know, why not make some money with that body? So uh, my my neighbor's name was Brian, Brian Ashby. Mm-hmm. So he went into the gym. It was in Wellington, you know, eight, six or eight miles away. And it was the gym was like the gym in the first Rocky movie. If you ever remember that, the steam pipes rattling. It had a steam room. The old, the old school gym. Yeah. The only two machines that had were or racks that had was was a bench press and a squat rack. All the rest were kettlebells and free weights laying around the floor, and there was two rings there, twenty by twenty rings. The floor, the floor of the rings were harder as the floor as this room, or harder as the pavement on the roads around here. And um, the boxing rings, four ropes, and they were, and the wrestling rings were four ropes too in New Zealand at that time. It was, uh, and they were. Uh, the governed the wrestling rings. Uh, wrestling shows were governed by the police, and they what? came and checked the rings before to make sure it was twenty feet by twenty feet in the ropes. Now, what the hell does that mean? You know what I mean? If it's eighteen feet, right? But fucking police came and and checked and measured it, and everybody too had to put the the promoter had to put everyone's name in uh, two months ahead of the show. To see if they had any criminal record, this is how it was. Wow! The police, the police sat ringside, and if you did anything illegal, they hopped up in the ring. There was no punch when I uh, anyhow. There was no punching and no kicking, so it was either forearms or the British under uppercut, and and you could do a knee drop. Anyhow, that's crazy. How, so how old were you when you got into this? Fifteen, or just turning sixteen. Anyhow, how I got in it, I, he said to me, "Out." He he was going for about a month, and he says, "Why not come in there?" I was one seventy-five wet, one seventy-five pound wet at the time, and um, I started going in there to the gym with him. About six months down the line, I went to my first wrestling match, live wrestling match, and one of the opponents didn't arrive, and the and the in the light will um junior heavyweight or light heavyweight and yeah. that next minute I got a pair of boots thrown at me <laughs> and, and a tank top thrown at me I had jeans on and that's how I went to the ring and don't ask me about the match because it's a blank <laughs> really? that was my first match ever the arena was full it was you know 3,000 people at that time you know I'm talking about 1962 yeah. In little old New Zealand, where they roll up the, the sidewalks at six o'clock at night. You know, the bars closed at six. 
everything. Wow. Just to go downtown, any little townships, uh, 6.37, you're lucky to find a caf- cafeteria open in any of the smaller cities. In the capital, you'd find them, but in the smaller cities, the sidewalks were rolled up and the lights were out. Really? The blinds were down. <laughs> That's wild. So yeah, got, we didn't that, have, re- and we didn't, we, everyone sat around a radio at home listening to soap operas on radio. We never, never got television till um, 67, and it would start at 3 in the afternoon and finish at 8 or 9 o'clock at night. That's how when we first got it. <laughs> crazy, huh? That's some crazy shit. We were 20 years, uh, we were 20 years behind the States and, and behind Aussie at the time, too. <laughs> You know what were you doing in New Zealand this whole time? So you're, you're shagging sheep. You were, you were shagging, shagging sheep. sheep. Shagging sheep. That's all you did was shag sheep. No, no, no. I'm an engineer by trade or, or turner or fitter. You know, lathe work and and um, with a, you know turning um, steel with a lathe and doing welding, arc and arc, uh, arc welding, arc and arc, uh, gas, gas, brazing and and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Dealing with steel, putting stuff together. Okay, so that's what you did for a living when you first Yeah, I, was, I, did a, I did an apprenticeship. Okay, yeah. I did the 10,000 hours. In, that's a five-year. I did a, a lot of overtime, and I did it in four years. But meantime, in the meanwhile, I was resting too because I'd finished work at four. And that in, in New Zealand, you can hop, hop on a plane from the capital and you can be at the end of the other island or over in the South Island mm-hmm. anywhere within an hour. You know, once you're on the plane, mm-hmm. everything is close. The islands, New Zealand consists of two islands, 600 miles long each and each about 150 miles wide. So that's it. And we're way down south. For you people out there that don't know where we are, we're south, southeast of Australia, and below us is South Pole. <laughs> America have got a base in the South Island, in the, southern, in the South Island, where they take go down to the South Pole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. Did you ever go to the South Pole? No, never. Never. Never flown. It's two hours from Christchurch. Really? And that to, to, to fly, two and a half hours, and you're over. People fly over tourists. Americans go down there, and they go on the charters, and they fly over the South Pole. But it's, it, you, it, we're a mountainous country. What you call mountains over here, we call hills. <laughs> Our mountains are forty from twelve thousand feet to twenty thousand feet. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so you're in New Zealand. You're an engineer by trade. You're yep. doing welding. You're doing all kinds of crazy work. Yeah. And, and on the side, you're wrestling. You're wrestling, doing wrestling gigs. Are you making any money yeah. doing wrestling back then? But back then, if you if I told while you while you were in New Zealand, were you making money? Yeah. When I, t- I tell you, I was making three pound, uh, two pounds or three pound a match. And if you know what pound is those days, that's a pound was equal to two dollars. Wow. And I make... Uh, Two uh, bucks that, a match. Yeah, and, and a, a wage at that time would be... Uh, a good wage would be about £15 a, w- a week. A Dude. wage. That's that's for, for a, um, a... Not a professional, but that's for an average worker was 10 to £15 a mm. week. Wow. By accident, you kind of like fell into this. this. This was never like a dream for you. No, no. The next door neighbor and yeah. that, and I went in and that... Hang out and that, you know. 
So when did you develop that whole that whole moniker, the whole whoa with the? No, that's what it, that came later. That that came many many moons later. Okay. We left home in nineteen seven. Yeah, Anyhow, so, so, so why did back. you? Why did you? Yeah, go back, go back. Let's go back. We mainly had Europeans wrestlers. Yeah, <clears throat> from um, from Europe and uh, England. When they come over, we we actually ran three times a week or twice a week, three times a week. And a guy would come over for for say um, two months, three months, mm -hmm. and that and that's when we get most of our work. And in '68, I, I started going to Australia. The American promoter from um, Atlanta. A well-known promoter who who got um, Ted Turner to put the wrestling up on the um, satellite on TBS. Well, he was over in New Zealand, and that was WCW. He was over in Australia. I'm sorry, and he came over there in '65 um, and opened up Australia. That's when the that's when the um, Vietnam War was on, and all the uh, troops were coming down to Australia for R and R, rest and recreation. And he okay. was there. He he opened up in Australia. He bought out the the roller derby, and then bought a whole American crew in and started running. And I'd go over there and work work against the Americans, and that um, maybe three times a year go over there for a, th a month or three weeks. And um, work against the Americans. Now, when uh, when Ted Turner was, he was basically syndicating wrestling shows across the world and in, in, in lots of different countries. Yeah, but it started the, with the U.S. Right? Yeah, so, but he didn't. He didn't start. The, the satellite didn't go up to uh, to seventy six. I think. You know the um. Yeah. It was called WTBS. It was called WTBS. TBS, yeah. WTBS, and then he dropped the W off it, and just TBS. And what was the wrestling program called? It was W. It was World Championship Wrestling. That's what Ted Turner's was called. Yeah, Ted Turner. Well, that was Jim Barnett's company. Okay. And Jim Barnett, the Australian promoter, actually owned part of Florida Championship Wrestling. He owned uh, a part of a lot of companies around the states. Mm -hmm. But he was on in Atlanta. He had WCW. Okay. And that, and then later on in life, you know, when when, um, when Vince came all along. the small territories went out, and Vince was the only one, and that's when Ted Turner bought Ted Turner bought NWA, and it changed from NWA to WCW. Oh, okay. The name and that, and that's when they had the Monday Night Wars in the nineties. But anyway, we we're going back to the sixties. Right, right, right. We right, jump right. well ahead here. <laughs> Fuck. Anyhow, so I met a lot of Americans and that, and Andre come over to our country too in '69. Andre the Giant. Yeah. So Butch and me worked against Butch, my partner, and and myself. We partnered up in '66. You know, locally and that, but we never started touring overseas to you know the to the um, Middle East, not the Middle East, to the East, Singapore and and up in Bangkok and that till '68. Andre came over to New Zealand in '69 and butchered me work with him for a whole month around the country. Really? Yeah. So Holy shit! Andre what was, was that only, like? Andre was only two three fifty then. 350, 360, mm. and that, and with a big athro. He looked skinny. You know <laughs> really? what I mean? Well, six foot, seven foot two with yeah. a big afro and only three, 350. You know what I mean? 
That's incredible. You yeah, spent a so, whole uh, month with him. That, so that's how when I first met Andre and that. And, of course, too, I met the big names like Killer Kowalski. He was the biggest, one of the biggest names in the heels in the in the world at the mm. time. Yeah, who who was main event at Madison Square Gardens in the sixties and in the seventies? He was the male. He, he was the main bad guy, and he's the guy that actually got Australia going for Jim Barnett. You okay. know, it, there's all, the, our business is cowboys and Indians. Yeah, and that and um, he was the the guy that they brought in, and he actually popped Australia and got it up going. You know, for yeah. for Jim Barnett. Wow. And uh, so when I come over in 72, Butch and me came over to um, North America for the first time. And what, what, why did you guys come for the first time? What was the well, reason? Well, you know, Hollywood, was, if you want to be a star in, in movies and television and that, you go to Hollywood. If you want all the wrestling magazines, you know, we, we, we didn't get uh, a wrestling show to 76 in New Zealand on television. And that, so we we got wrestling magazines in the '60s and that, and you know they all come out of the states. Everything came from the states. The states was where it was, you know, for wrestling. Yeah. So it was bigger than England and Europe and all that sort of stuff. So you guys like, you so know, we're, we, we're we're doing it. We got we if you want to make it big time, we got to, yeah. go to we got to go to California. No, we didn't come to California. That was for Hollywood and actors. The, we just got two promoters. That the New Zealand promoter uh, knew very well that they, they were the Vachon brothers, Morris Vachon, Mad Dog Vachon. He's dead now. His brother. They just put out another movie out about them this weekend. But um, they were two Frenchmen, were well known throughout the states, and they owned a territory in Montreal called Grand Prix. So they brought us over there. This this territory was running three towns a night. This promotion was running. They had a crew. This was a big, a big promotion, running three towns a night yeah. in in the province of Ontario and Quebec, mm-hmm. and 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 northern part of um, Vermont, and uh, and upstate New York. They'd come into that and that, and it was out of Montreal. Wow. And uh, so we they brought us over there. And, of course, the main heel was Walter Kowalski. And the main babyface, uh, good guy, was the giant. So we, we knew Andre? the two. Andre? He okay. Was, he just, Andre, Andre had just come to North America the first time six months before we did. Oh, shit. From, and where was he living? In France? Yes. Okay. And he was living, working Europe and England, right. and he came in. He came in a year, six months, eight months before us. So when we come in, he was over like hell. It was drawing this, these, this, yeah. ter- this territory was on fire. Yeah, you know what I mean. So when we came in, we knew the two main guys, and um, and after about a month, we were one of the main events in the third town. You know, one of the towns, and that you know what I mean. We yeah. were used. We were used right. That HBO, that HBO documentary on Andre was yeah. insane. Yeah, the stuff was, that he had to go through, like everyday life, flying in airplanes, how much of torture that hey, was for him. Oh well, yeah, going to the, the going mount, to the, the pooper. I got to tell you about that later. On the, going to the pooper, he could never get. Oh in yeah, those. you can't. Anyhow, we're not. We're, we're going back. So here I am in this territory, and um, at the time, too, Pierre Trudeau was the uh, prime minister. His son is the prime minister now, and he's not so like prime minister of 
of, of Canada. Canada. Yeah. And he was going out with Mick Jagger's wife, Bianca. Oh. He was effing around with Mick Jagger's wife. It was, you know, Mick had broken up with her, but that was a big thing at the time. So it was his ex-wife? Yeah. And, and at the time, too, when we came into Party Quebecois was trying to break away from Canada and be its own country. And it's crazy. You know, the politics then. Yeah. Quebec, you know, it was wild at the time. That's pretty insane. So anyhow, we were there working. We were working there. We worked there for a year and a half, and, you know, and we were used used on top, semi semi final on top, and he, one of the towns and that, and they come up to said to us, you know, if we, you know, we we can move you out, you know. Now he said, to you know, we have to start jobbing you. Jobbing you is getting beaten all the time, and put the new new people over, or we can move you out and bring you back later and move you to another territory. And we says, where are you going to move us? And they says, there's a promotion course, stampede promotion. Now we never heard of stampede. This is a notorious promotion in in wrestling in those days. Everyone of a name has worked in it, and it was owned by Stu Hart. We didn't know who Stu Hart was, Bret Hart's father. Stu Hart had 12 kids. That it's a notorious family in Canada. Mm-hmm. And that, and um, you know, Bret Hart was WWE champion for many years. And, uh, and Owen Hart is a, fell out of the roof at one of the pay-per-views and got killed ringside. Mm. He was on a hoist. I remember, if it, you know, it was in Kansas City. Come, it was coming out on a rope. You know, when they have them down, and it just the clips that come undone, and he he, he fell to the pavement uh, with a, on a pay per view. Yeah, that was a big lawsuit. Anyhow, what was that? So, so what was what year so was that? That was in about ninety um, two ninety nine two thousand. Wow. Anyhow, getting back, so so we moved into Stu. We moved to that next territory, and we never knew. The first night we're there, we're working against the champions, and we, and we got disqualified. You know, wrestling free arranged. Anyhow, we 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 got disqualified. We started beating them up with the New Zealand flag. We always <laughs> carry the New Zealand flag, right? Next minute, these kids were thrown into the ring. And that, and I'll tell you who by in a minute. And and we were told, beat him up, beat him up. So the two champions, who we just got squandered from a lying there, and these four kids, from 11 to about 13, are thrown in the ring. And two of them are bleeding. And um, I put the, we're putting the boot to them and that. And then we leave, we, we, get, we, we left the ring, and we go back to the back. And and we hadn't met Stu Hart yet, and Stu Hart's there. He says, "What the f- what the f are you doing?" And we said, "Well, the guy that threw them in said be- the guy that threw the guys the- these kids in the ring said beat them up." So we beat them up, <laughs> and uh, you know what I mean? Because we we came in to get over, you know, as the bad guys. Right, and yeah. this was televised. Yeah, Friday nights were televised in the pavilion. In, you know, in the fairgrounds in, in uh, Calgary, there's two arenas. The pavilion would hold 3,000, and then now it's the Saddle Dome. It holds 20. That's where all, all the big shows and and uh, the pay-per-views are done and all that stuff. Yeah. And and the promotion did two sh- did did um, three shows a year where they did the Friday and they did the Sunday back-to-back 
you know. Uh, so anyhow, we beat him up and that. Now these were Stu Hart's kids. Oh, he shit. didn't know. Oh. And who was throwing them in was Abdullah, the butcher. <laughs> you, you've heard of Abdullah the butcher? No. Uh, he blood crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> he he cut them all and threw them in. What? Yeah. Uh, the kids. Was that planned? Uh, was that planned? No, too? no. we didn't know. No. He was helping us get over. Yeah. Uh, Abdullah is a Abdullah is a heavy name. He drew the biggest houses in Japan with with King Brody. Anyhow, if you know, wrestling fans know all about Abdullah right, yeah. the butcher. Right, right, right. Anyhow. And a big controversy nuts. with Vince McMahon. Anyhow, um, so we um, we put the boots on, and he told us they were his kids. And one of them was Brett, believe it or not. <laughs> and the other one was Owen was too young at the time. And there was other kids. You know, some of that. He had twelve kids, eight boys and four girls. Stu. Anyhow, that uh. was our territory. So that was a Friday night. That was played on Saturday morning. So when we come to the show, that was a double header that weekend. The ne- so Sunday was in the big arena because uh, they flew talent in for a big show. And when we went out, we got stuff thrown at us. That's how hot we we didn't get the drawing power, but we were, were hated already. You People know, just hated you. First, you guys were known as that. You were you guys were like the go to heels. Yeah, you know. We, you know, we we didn't have we didn't have the drawing power yet, but you know, when you come into a territory, they you, they they feed you guys to beat up and you know get right. over, uh, to to get you over so you can go to towns and draw people. It usually mm. takes six weeks if you're good heels. It takes six weeks of television, you know, six television shows, and you're knocking the people on the mic and you're beating people up. And by then, if you're good heels, you can get over. And butcher me, get over. Got over. So wait, wait, get got o- over to draw. Get, get over. On, get over means win. To get over, to get over as a bad guy to be main eventers. Okay. Either to get over, you know, they feed your talent to get over. Get over means you beat them up, whether you win, win one, two, three. But you to get over, to get over as a hated talent. You know what I mean? Because the, the the name of our game is. The good guy beating the bad guy, but you're gonna have the bad guy's gonna go get over as a bad guy to draw houses. Got it. How do you think that Muhammad Ali? People bought tickets to see Muhammad get beaten. He got over because he knocked people out straight away, and he said, "I'm gonna knock him out in three, And he blah blah blah. Right. And they said, "That cocky bastard." We bought tickets. That's why he got over so big. Because people bought tickets, because they wanted. To see, you think to they wanted? They wanted yeah. to see him get beat. And he always, you know. Really? Yeah. And Tyson, look at Tyson. Yeah, definitely. He was a heel too. Yeah, Tyson was a heel too. George Foreman was a baby face. He was he was liked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Did but, you did you draw any kind of inspiration from guys like that? Yeah, yeah. We draw inspiration from you know Killer Kowalski. Here's a guy that went who who, who uh, Muhammad Ali followed, Gorgeous George. Yeah. Gorgeous George was an old time wrestler, a fag. You know he he he, he was wasn't gay? a fag, but no, he worked worked a fag gimmick. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah, and over strong, and he give out. Bobby, you know, came out flamboyantly. Hair dyed, you know, with rollers in his hair, blah blah <laughs> blah, and all that shit. That's what I did earlier on in my career. I was Sweet William. Sweet, Sweet William. William. Yeah, I was. I did you come out a, with the sheep? I, I worked as a fag. <laughs> I worked as a fag for a long time. <laughs> wow. I, I mean, yeah, for the first five years, I worked as a fag. 
six years. Wow, and that was in New Zealand. Yeah, and Australia. And you drew, and, and you I, drew, you drew more emotion out of people because. Oh they, yeah, because I had I had a woman in my corner or a male in the corner, and I'd slap him around, slap the woman around, you know, spray me with perfume, had rollers in my hair, and all that <laughs> stuff. Go to women's salons, Whole, get my hair done. Is there That's any footage of that on the internet? I want to no, see that. that. No, that, that, but I got photos and all that as, as, a, as when I was doing that gimmick. Mm. Yeah. Holy well, I wore flowery clothes, you know, with popped out shoulders and all that <laughs> yeah. stuff. What would you say? Ballet, what, ballet shoes with a cross thing over here. Yeah. Did, did you have to, in a lot of your matches, did you have to, like, hide a razor blade in your mouth and, like, cut yourself, make yourself bleed? What did are you, you talking about? You know what I mean. Did you have no, to? You, no, I don't know what you mean. You never did that? Look at my forehead. Is that what why your forehead looks like that from you cutting yourself? I'm not saying that, but just look at it. I can see That's it. That's wild woman, wild woman with long toenails. How's that? So you don't you don't you don't talk about that. People don't talk about that. Well, it's been, it's been told. People talk. I don't talk about it. No. Okay. But um. But it's 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 pretty gnarly. Like a lot of the guys that want to make it and they want to get over. Yeah, they, that they, was they have to do crazy before. shit like that. They have to yeah. cut themselves. Make the blood. Eat. Hey, when they said blood capsules, there's no blood capsules. No, it's I've all never blood. used blood capsules at, no. at all. And I squirted blood out to as far as where you are. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, I've hit main veins. And it, oh, sh- on your face. Yes, shit. Oh I've got, my god, shit, dude. If you want to go and see bloody stuff matches, go to go to the um. 1986 in the Superdome, New Orleans. The sheep, sheep herders versus the Fantastics. Anyone go and see that? That was. Who was the they sheep herders? I was the sheep herders. Was the bushwhackers. Oh, you yeah, called sheep yourself herders. the sheep herders. We were the sheep herders well before the bushwhackers. Okay. Vince, cha- Vince changed us for, to good guys. And, and and he changed the name to the Bushwhackers because he wanted to own us. He didn't like the sheep herd. Oh, because he wanted to change it so he could own it. He couldn't. Yeah, own it. He couldn't and claim he didn't sheep want us, He didn't. He wanted us to be um, the good guys. He says, you know, it's time for you to change to be the good guys. We'd been the bad guys. I'd been a bad guy from 1962 to 1988. What's with the whole sheep gimmick? What what what? Where did sheep that come herders from? is because New Zealand has got three million people and a hundred million sheep. <laughs> <laughs> That's God what I damn. said. The sh- Are you Did fucking you catch on before me? when I said the sheep shaggers? <laughs> no, I, I heard that. I heard that. I just don't know yeah, where it came New from. New Zealand's well known for that. There's really over a hundred million sheep in sheep, New Zealand. New Zealand is evergreen, mate. They burnt all the the, the um, rough um, g- g- gorse and all the the the, the, the uh, plant weed and all that, and they. Um, they they put grazing. They grass seeded the whole the whole countryside, the hills and everything. We wow. were the first country to do top dressing on planes. You know when they 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 drop the seeds out of the wings and they come in over the pastures and that. Yeah, yeah. They feed the pastures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. New Zealand was they were the first country to do that. Wow. And that, uh, the whole country's mountainous like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. They've got big mountains, but we're just covered in sheep. You know, <laughs> sheep were everywhere. Did you have any pet sheep? Huh? Did you have your own sheep? No, no, I did. I was, a, but the sheep farms, you know, the, the sheep farms in New Zealand, they're, they're three or four miles. You know, some of them are two or three miles by three miles. Really? Yeah, that's a big, big farms. Hmm. 
A hundred million sheep. That must yeah. be a big so, wool and, export. And, and, yeah, it was. Till synthetic came in, we were big in, big in farm products, you know, mm -hmm. our butter and, and our wool. But now everything's synthetic. That's that that killed our uh, economy when it when that synthetic stuff came out, synthetic wool and all that. They started yeah. doing all that stuff. Yeah. But New Zealand was big export in wool. So for your gimmick, you guys were called the sheep herders. Did and you guys? We, and our, and our, we used to come out in, in sheep jackets too. You know, white jackets with mm -hmm. uh, sleeves off, thick thick wool like that. Did sheep, you guys ever bring sheep. a sheep with you? No. Like to walk out with a sheep? <laughs> no, no. Carry a sheep around. You can't bring a sheep into a WWE match? No. We I mean, Stone Cold we brought out a giant fucking we beer truck. We sheep herders then, mate. We were the... We were the bushwhackers. No, I'm talking about when you were the sheep herders. Uh, no, we yeah we we never had sheep. We just carried the New Zealand flag. We were known uh -huh. for being nasty son of a bitches. <laughs> we were. If you go online, it says the the sheep herders were hardcore before hardcore became our name brand. Why? So what did you guys do that was so nasty? The way we worked and we were blood and guts. You just roughed them up. Roughed them up, blood and guts. You know, a lot, all of our, that's why we worked a lot in South America and a lot of, you know, in the territories where it was a blood, where they had bloody matches all the time. Mm. We would have, and we came up with a lot of different matches that, um, we, the names of a lot of different matches. Those days there were territories, mate. When we come over here, everywhere you ran seven nights a week, even when we went into that Grand Prix. And that they ran seven towns, they were running 21 towns a week, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that is every night. And you come back to you do programs with guys. You might Roddy Piper, we butcher me worked with Rick Martell and Roddy Piper for a year every night. We we go into six mans, they'd bring in um, Jesse Ventura, or they bring in the, the giant, and we'd bring in another guy to be an outsider. And we just worked with those two, the town, so you could have storylines and, and plan things and do things. You to spike it, and, it was, and then you'd sell out. Then you'd go down to three quarters of the house and then start winning. Then you spike it again and come up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's what you have television for to do angles, mm. to set to plots. Yeah, yeah, and then that, that's when the heel does stuff to get to get the people going. And that's where Vince is like at the moment because being a being a, um, a public company and he's got all those st stockholders and that, he can't do heavy stuff like he did before. So, you know what I mean? So when Vince bought you, when Vince... Vince, when Vince asked us to come in there. So what was that like? What was that like? Did you meet that, him? Did no, he reach that, out to you? What was well, that? Well, we were, we were working for Turner at the time. Yeah. And, that, and we were working to get the main guys there. And... Um, I was in, we were working Cincinnati on a Saturday night. I'll always remember this. And I'm in the Gold's Gym with Butch in the morning. And um, I never worked my drum out so much. Butch always worked his drum at the end of a workout. His drum? The drum, your stomach. Oh, your, your drum. Oh, your drum, okay. I your never boiler. Heard about I never heard that. I like that. <laughs> I'm working my drum, mate. Drum. you got to fill your drum out. That's why you go to a restaurant. That's right. <laughs> fill your drum out. I love that. Or your boiler. My fucking drum, mate. Your, your boiler. And uh, your he boiler. was doing that. So I went to, and to pick up my messages from my home. I was living in Charlotte. Because yeah. that's where the, that's where the, that was the headquarters for NWA. And that they okay. were running all over the country. 
as far as as far as Baltimore and Philly, and we'd, we'd go to Long Island now and again, but we never went into into Manhattan or any of there or up on, up the East Coast there. WWF was up there. That was Vince's Vince Senior. Ted Turner's television was never strong. The, his thing wasn't in the program, in the um, packages of the cable. You know, TBS wasn't strong up there till so I'd say ninety, eighty-eight, mm-hmm. ninety. Mm-hmm. TBS got strong in the northern parts, and it's strong everywhere now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, that's thirty years ago, but um, USA Network and, and W is it WN or What's the, there's another cables, a few cables that are strong up there, anyhow. Yeah. So we wouldn't come up that far. And I, anyhow, and I went to the, anyhow, going back to Cincinnati, went and pulled up my messages and there's a voice. It's Pat here. He says, when you got time, give the, give me a call. Pat, oh, Pat, Pat Patterson? Yes. Wow. Oh, you know Pat Patterson? I know yeah, Pat Patterson, yeah. Yeah, Pat. Patricia. Anyhow, um... <laughs> One of the one of the best tag wrestlers ever. Now he's like one of the top executives, right, at WWE. Yeah, yeah, but, but one of the top, you know, he was one of the top. Him and Ray Stevens, the, the Butch and me copied their a bit of their stuff too. They were the best tag teams ever. Anyhow, he said, "Give us a call." So I said, "That's funny." So anyhow, I give it a, I give the got a call, and I'm on speakerphone, and uh, the speakerphone, they're in Vince's. Vince's home, not in the office, they're in his home. And I said, is, is Pat there? And he said, yeah, Pat. And he says, uh, yeah, there's a guy here who wants to talk to you. And then uh, then a voice in the background said, Kiwi, I'd like to use you. I said, who are you? He said, oh, Vince McMahon here. And I I'd been sending tapes to this fucking bastard for fucking, <laughs> since Betamax. If you know what Betamax is. Yeah. Early 80. Yeah. I've been sitting to the dad, the Betamax. And then I said, and I can, every year I'd send tapes to them. Can you use us? Because that was the number one, um, one of the n- number one uh, companies in the country. Right. You know what I mean? Right. They only worked up north at the time. They only come down as far as Philadelphia and Baltimore. And they did Boston. And they did all that up there, but it was big money there. Right. So I've been trying, but they always, they didn't take us smaller guys at the time. They they had big guys. I'm talking about guys six foot four, six foot three, and 260 up, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So he says, he says, yeah, and I said, yeah, I says, yeah, yes, I'm inter- I'm interested. And he says, when can I see see you? Uh, when can I talk to you? And I says, you just named the time, and that. And, I, and we were working planned every day, and um, for NWA, and he says, right, when you get home, there'll be tickets at your door at your door. There'll be tickets at your door when you get home. I gave him my address on the phone, and um, he says, next Wednesday. So, uh, and uh, he says, all you do, you don't have to bring anything with you. When you fly up there, you'll be flying home the same night. So we flew into um, Kennedy. There was a limousine up there waiting for us. We went straight up to Stanford, Connecticut, which is an hour away from Kennedy. 
Matt Vince. Vince Jr. Vince Jr. Yeah, Senior was dead. <clears throat> okay. Senior died in in uh, four, okay. three or four. 83 or 84, and that we met him, and that funny part is we went into the office that, and was sitting there, and he says to us, you know, I'd like to you know, bring you in as baby faces, good guys. And, of course, I, I piped up and said to him, bring us in as heels first and turn us. And he says, no, I don't do things that way. And then I, then I found out you don't tell Caesar his nickname was Caesar. <laughs> you don't tell Caesar what to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. He says that, and I'd like you to be between the sheep herders and the moon dogs. Work like between the sheep herders and the moon dog. The moon dogs were two guys and had bones. Big heavy guys were crazy and had bones. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. yeah, and there were heels up there. And that and he says that I'll start bringing you up every week for the, the next month to do vignettes, which you know what vignettes are, small movies, two to three minute movies, you know, to get you over. Mm -hmm. So um, we we got home, and when we got home and that, there was the tickets there, two days later, Butch calls me up and he says, fuck, there's something here, a pa package here, they've sent the wrong names, it's for the, for the Bushwhackers. And I says to Butch, he says, they must have sent them to the wrong person. I says, no, he's changing our name because he wants to own it. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's changing oh, our name. Okay. So that's, that's how we became the um, the Bushwhackers. Oh, now, okay. the, a bushwhackers so like you didn't a, even know what he was going to call you until he, until he sent you that? No, no. Wow. Uh, you know, a bushwhacker. No, no, like like, a, no like back and forth about it at all. He just made up no, his mind. No, no. You, you don't have a choice. You know, that, <laughs> no. if you want to work for Caesar. Anyhow, a bushwhacker is like a Robin Hood. Steals from the rich and gives to the poor. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they did, they did a thing like that with Mick Jaggers in Australia, that movie. I forget the name of it, hmm. but that's what he was. You know, uh, a bushwhacker. So, so there, so there you are. That's the the name and that. So he kept bringing us up, and at the time, which which was exploding on television, was um, crocodile crocodile Dundee. Yeah. yeah, and that. So all the vignettes were written around like that. You know, driving on the wrong side of the road, and and talking and that. And we did a lot of vignettes and that yeah. crazy ones. Going, going to a drink machine and putting, you know, and shaking the machine, saying, "How do we get these drinks out?" And people on the street say, "Oh, you drop put quarters in." Then the can will come out. And how do you open them? And I, and I took out my teeth and popped them with my teeth. You guys are just kind of like cavemen. <laughs> yeah, cavemen and that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And doing all sorts of stuff. And and then we asked the guy how to, for directions, and we turn around and Butch says, "Oh, these Americans are great." They they even tell you where to go, you know. But we put it the way they they tell you to fuck off. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way and we did a lot of vignettes, you know. Right. Went into restaurants and that, and they served the stuff. We ordered the whole menu, and we threw away the knives, and we we ate from down under, you know, with our hands and that, and all that sort of stuff. We did a lot of vignettes. Mm. So by the time we got a, a month was over, they'd see. We'd done, every time we flew up, we did two or three different vignettes. Wow. So um, for a month, we did 12 vignettes. And then when did you guys 
get into and then matches. they boy, then they called us up and we started on the road and um at the start we were we we, we didn't um he never gave us the arm swinging or the head licking we came up with all that because the moon dogs we said butch said to me he says the moon dogs were on been on USA Network for the last five years, and we've been on in the, on t- t- Turner Network on and off from '79 to '88. Mm. So let's create something different. And when we were when we we're working in t- Turner's t- studios, we were, every time we went outside the ring, we'd swing up our arms and go whoa. You know what I mean? <laughs> to scare the people. You know what I mean? We go out there and go whoa. And that, and um, so he said, let's go, let's start swinging our arms going to the ring. So that's how we got the march. And then we added the lick, which I grabbed their head, but I always licked the back of my hand. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you don't want to lick got their the head. Head licking. Butch got staffed later on. That's why he got real sick. <laughs> he got oh, staffed? Man. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. He died, nearly died twice. He died twice. Nelly, tw- Nelly died twice, yeah. From licking heads. Well, he got staff infection and that it could have been from licking, but it all could have been from a thing, a, a, a liniment called DMSO, which they use for horses. It heals, it heals torn ligaments and muscles overnight. You know what I mean? You rub it on. What? And that, and, you, and it goes with DMSO, and it's very strong. You know, you can, you can. You can put it in your hand and use the thing, a sound, ultrasound under here, and it will bubble in your hand. Wow. It's, you know, it goes right through. And that a lot of people have used it. If you've got bacteria on your hair and you rub it and you've got a scratch, that'll take it right to the bone. What? So we don't know that he got the star from that or it was licking, you know, sweaty, sweaty, sweaty hands. Is. And that, you know, Ugh. and all different people. Cause he used to grab them and give them a lick. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, fuck that shit. That's, fuck that shit. That's dirty-ass <laughs> shit, man. Yeah, anyhow, um, so anyhow, that's how we went through that. We After about a month, we got our gimmick down pat, you know, our marching and that. Yeah. And now in arena, as soon as we start our music, come on, everyone will be standing and doing this, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> and even on NFL, guys would go behind the line for a touchdown and then, you know, you know they <laughs> and spike do the, the march. Ball. Yeah, they'd be marching. <laughs> that, hey, that's how hot it got over, yeah. the march. In the late 80s, that got over heavy. And it's wow. still when I went to, when I was working on Sunday, you know, mm-hmm. I come out and march. All the people are swinging their arms up, standing, you know, because as soon as they hear the music, the wrestling fans, right. they know it. Thanks, thank God, thanks to WWE Network, they play all our old stuff. Yeah. they've even got a they've even got a sheep herders where where we were bad guys. Yeah, they've got all that stuff. You know, the network's got all the stuff on. That's the uh, that keeps us that keeps us alive. Right. Yeah. And every time they do the Royal Rumble, which is the pay per view in January, they always show the, the one that I was throw as I got up on the apron. Um, earthquake grabbed me and that and um, it took me over the ring and and went out and I as soon as I landed, yeah. I you just started back. marching. Yeah, I back, saw that back. video. That been go, that's <laughs> been played. Since 1992, <laughs> yeah. every year. What's the most amount of money you ever made wrestling? Is there like one match that made you the most money ever? Well, Is there, no, what was like your week, peak? Week. What was the best week you ever had? Shit, I don't know, mate. I can't. Just like week. estimate, just rough. It doesn't have to be exact. Biggest week. 
10 or 12 grand. 10 or 12 grand? Yeah. Wow. How many matches did you have to do that week? A full week. Full week every day? No. I've made more than that, but, you know, that's the biggest one in a pay-per-view. That's the biggest payoff I got in a pay-per-view. Oh, okay. Yeah. Damn. And then what was, like, your biggest match? What was, like, the peak match that you ever had? Okay, there's two different ones that I remember for a lifetime, and that is the, the first one is the Wembley Stadium in London, the old Wembley Stadium, the last show before they pulled it down to build the new one, we, Butcher Me and Hacksaw Duggan were against the Nasty Boys and the Mountie. Mm-hmm. There was 94,600 people there, and we were, we were the first match to, to get the people up. You know, the crowd had been sitting there, and that first match was a big thing. Yeah. Because if, if the first match sucks... The crowd's down for, and it's hard to get them back. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We walked out there, and that was the people were fucking on fire. You know, that <laughs> really? you know, because you know, watching a watching watching a football match, there's you know how many's living on the side, isn't there? How many's in a, in a football team? Your football teams? How many, how many people on a football team? No, there's like there's like twenty or thirty. I thought. Yeah. On the field at once? Oh no 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 no, 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 no. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know no now, but now, but when you're in the ring, there's only six of us in that ring, right? And you've got all those people looking at you. You know what I mean? And if you're a single match, you know, I've been a lot of them have been in tags. Yeah. Me and Butch, and it's been seventy six thousand. But that was that was the biggest. For one, the biggest for me was ninety four six. Walking out there, the aura, the, the tension. Yeah, it's got to feel crazy. It's just fucking mind blowing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you don't have to do nothing. You just have to go whoa, and the the whole people will go whoa. You go yay. The so there was me and Butch go whoa and yay, and Hex would dug and go ho. So that <laughs> it was fucking wild. <laughs> and that you know, that we could have done that all night and not have to do to do any action. Yeah. Right? We did some we did some wild stuff. You know, we didn't have to do much because the people were there. They were just they're they just were loving so, it. Yeah, it's insane. Being the now. first match, being the first match, and that so, you know, since then there's been you know they did a hundred and four thousand in Texas Stadium three three uh, WrestleManias ago. That was um, how many. 104. 104,000. Wow. Yeah, in the Texas Stadium. I went to my first WrestleMania last year. I think it was last year. Maybe it was two years ago. It was in New Orleans. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, that was the first WrestleMania I ever went to, and it was, I did not expect it to be that insane because I'd only watched wrestling matches on TV before that. Yeah, and, you, and when see- I got there, I luckily I got like, I got like floor seats. I was maybe like eight rows back on the floor. I, and, uh, Dana White was actually like a few rows in front of me. Yeah. And just the fucking, the show, the fire and the lights and everything was just yeah. so over the top. The, the the thing that stood out to me the most was the Undertaker's intro. Yeah. When everything, mm. like out of nowhere, the whole stadium just goes black. And then yeah. it's just like that, that gong sound, that fucking, yeah. that bell goes off. And yeah. then the, the light shines down on him. Yeah. It just, it fucking made my yeah, hair, it made my hair stand up. You don't have to be a wrestler. Like the ultimate warrior, you know, he was a bodybuilder. Stop eating. 
He was a bodybuilder, and that, and um, he didn't care about the wrestling and that. But the smoke and mirrors and him running to the ropes and shaking the and ropes, shaking the ropes—that's all he had to do because he couldn't do. God bless him up there, but um, he didn't have to do much more. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's uh, smoke and mirrors. Yeah, that's what the, they do a great fucking job at the smoke and mirrors, though. Yeah, it's very uh, hey. The pyro and the and the, the lighting and uh, it's insane. It's ridiculous how how much money they have to be able to. They spend. They have to you spend millions and wheels, millions and millions. You of know dollars. how many eighteen wheelers he's got. So oh, shows right. he's got about fifteen eighteen wheelers to twenty eighteen wheelers outside with all the props and all the stuff. Two of them are the broadcasting units where they're editing <sighs> and sending it to the, the live the satellite. editing. You know the, the live. There's two. There's two trucks doing that shit. But um, the rest is. Uh, I wonder if there's a documentary on like what it takes to run like behind the, the back scenes of WrestleMania. Yeah, the back end, oh, it's, all it's the trucks, insane. the fucking the crew, oh, yeah, the equipment, outside, yeah, and the riggers are to rigging beforehand. It's you know to rig everything up. It's literally, you know, it's, it's literally like a major motion picture budget yeah. for a one one time live show. Yeah, so so you know, and that's what he's doing. See, what he does too, you know, like he did the um, Bradley Center. In um, this this in Brooklyn, what's it called? The Barclays Center. Barclay. Barclay. Barclay Center. <clears throat> Friday night was NXT. You know that's a, now that's on Wednesday night right now on on USA Network okay. NXT. That's the the uh, the the guys coming up right. Mm-hmm. NXT he did on Friday night in the Barclay. He did Saturday night. He he did. Um, the Hall of Fame in the Barclays Center. Sunday, they did the outdoor in Meadowlands, the WrestleMania. I'm talking about in the New York. Not, right. not last year, the year before. Then he come back on Monday night, the Barclays Center. Tuesday night, the Barclays Center. Monday night was Raw. Tuesday night was SmackDown. So okay. he used the Barclays Center. So he just one set up. Oh and yeah, that makes so much. Yeah, that makes you know. So, that's yeah. what they did. That's what they did in New Orleans as well. Yes, yeah, that's what they did. Yes, see, yeah, one set up, worth and it's it. coming to Tampa this year. Yeah, but New, it's going to be there. That's going to be but insane. It, but it, uh, Amelia Arena for the uh, the show. Emily Arena. Emily Arena for WrestleMania. No, no, no. Emily Arena. No, it's a Buck Stadium. WrestleMania. Oh, they use Raymond James. Yeah, Raymond James. Okay, and that Emily is for the NXT. The Hall of Fame, and then Monday and Tuesday, Raw and SmackDown. Okay. Yeah, unreal, huh? That'll be a long week. Yeah. God, that's <laughs> going to be wild. Yeah. And then. Are you going to be there? Yeah, yeah. And then, um, I don't, not for them. No. And then there's, you know, when, when there's WrestleMania, there's usually about eight wrestling shows around it. All the big independent companies in the States. Go to you know New Orleans. There was stuff going from Thursday. Oh yeah. Even though they had WWE had their stuff. WrestleCon you know, and all yeah, that stuff. All that. There's WrestleCon. There's there's the uh, ROH. There's a, there's all these different other companies running. You know, mm-hmm. this year ROH will be running and they run they run Lakeland. That's the closest they can get their building, and that all the other places are, have been bought by. By different companies, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. It's going to be insane. That's what the guy, the mayor in Orlando, that's why he, he gives them everything for nothing, the WWE, because uh-huh. it brings so much tourists from overseas to his place. Because when they come to, you know, WrestleMania draws from Japan, 
from all Europe and that from New Zealand, Australia, bring the tours from all over the world, right? And that, so when, so you know, Orlando, they've got SeaWorld, they've got everything there. So that's why he gives it because the tourists not only come for WrestleMania, they catch everything. Mm. Now, ta- Tampa too, will, they'll get they'll get them because people will come here to go to to Orlando to catch everything else right. too. Okay, yeah, boost the sense. whole city during yeah. that. That rail, they, they should. They, I don't know when they're going to get that rail going, but they're going to have that rail running to uh, from uh, Orlando to Fort oh. Lauderdale and to Tampa. Yeah. You know that one? The like, speed the, train like the or bullet. whatever it is or yeah, something. Yeah, like the bullet. And yeah. that, that's in the makings. I don't know when that's going to happen. That'll be fucking nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cause the time you drive to the place and then get, sit around, get on the plane, and then get off, and that is, as I get the, the the plane like the bullet, 120, 130 mile an hour, 150 mile an hour train, cruising, it's easier to do, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was gonna ask you. Anyhow, where were we? What kind of fucking like <laughs> injuries have you had? Have you had some pretty terrible injuries? Have yeah. you had to have like surgeries and back? Because I know Hulk's pretty messed up from all his yeah, back surgeries. I, I've I've held all from back surgery, but I've had two right knee replacements. Okay. The first replacement I wore out wrestling, <laughs> and that and um, I did fourteen. It lasted fourteen years. In the ring, oh, and, that, and that, and the new one has got spike. You know where it goes into the the, the bone and goes up, and the other one yeah. it was round before, so it's just like that where mm-hmm. it goes up, and it was smooth. Now there's little there's little spikes on it, so when they cement it in with the spikes, it can't get loose. Okay, but yeah. The last one I had a tour in England, and it was loose, and it was it was like electric shocks in my Ooh. leg. I was, I was I was loaded on. Um, Painkillers, painkillers, yeah. yeah. And I had to do a tour. Some vi- some uh, Xanax or something? Huh? Were you taking Xanax or no? Uh, that's, no, that's not a painkiller. No, that's that's antidepressant. Taking stronger uh, ones, oh, stronger shit. ones. Valium. Valium, no. It's like Xanax. the same, mate. The good drugs. stuff. Oh, that's what the, the Valium. Drugs. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The Xanax is what you feed the sheep first. Yeah, the Valium <laughs> and Xanax and that. Anyhow, um, yeah, so. So my career, that's where I came. When I, then I came to the States. I lived in Hawaii. You know, I worked across across Canada, you know, right across Canada in the 70s mm-hmm. and, um, and a wee bit in the States, but I was living in Canada. And then in 79, 79 I came, 78, 79 I came mm-hmm. and I was living in, in Hawaii. And we used to we would work on four islands a week and that and I used to fly over Diamond Head every night and see Jack Lord and the crew doing Hawaii five oh. Yeah. Uh, to come right low in that and I could look right down and see him <laughs> doing Hawaii five O. That's cool. That, that, that That's was awesome. um that was great. But I in Hawaii I I just kept my head above water. Yeah. I didn't make any money, you know what I mean? Right, I right, made right. money to survive. I lived right across, the, I, I lived on Waikiki Beach, and that, got up every morning, went to the gym. By 10 o'clock, I was on the beach every day. At 5.30, I would fly out to one of the islands. We had our own, the probably had his own planes. We'd fly to the islands and do an island. I'd be back back in um, Waikiki around um, 10 o'clock every night. That's where the rock's from, right? He's from Hawaii, isn't he? The Rock. Yeah, he used to live in Hawaii when he was yeah, a young he lived, kid. Yeah, because because um, his grand his, his grandma and grandfather Peter Marvia 
they owned the promotion. Uh, okay. Down the road, they owned the promotion. Mm. And you know, he he was born in the states. He lived in New Zealand too for two years. Did he really? Yeah. I wrestled the I wrestled the Rock's grandfather. Me and Butch really? wrestled him. Are you serious? You know, in Hall of Fame, we told the story about that. We we wrestled um, Peter Marvia, the Rock's grandfather, and then the Rock's dad. I wrestled him. I, I still see him a lot. And that I wrestled him in Australia, New Zealand, and the States. No way. The Rock's dad everywhere, but. Uh, but the Rock's grandfather, I wrestled just in Australia and in New Zealand. Were they anything like The Rock? What were those guys like? Yeah, well, The Rock's third generation. Right. Where do you think he got it from? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I see. It's, it's, it's before it, my time, so that's why I got to ask. No, The Rock's grandfather, Peter Marvia, was a high chief. Samoan right. chief and that. And he was in the first James Bond movies. He was in a lot of movies. Bit parts. Oh shit! No yeah, way. He's the one that had to fight and and went through the screen and in the movie with kendo sticks at the start of that first was that Doctor uh, Doctor No? What was the first first James? I can't remember. Mm. That's going way back. <laughs> yeah. But um, that he was a he was in those movies and that and then then Rocky Johnson. He was a big name. He was the first him. Him, him, and Tony Atlas were the first black people ever to have the WWF world belts. Mm. You know, they were the first black people to have the world world straps in in wrestling. Damn. Yeah, Rocky Johnson. I worked with him all over the all over the states, yeah. and in Australia and in New Zealand. That's wild. Yeah, I I actually I actually met his uh, his mom at uh, Ric Flair's wedding. Yeah, I went there and I made a little video. I made like a little documentary about his wedding, and his mom was there. And I got to talk to her. I, I did a little interview. Rock's with her. mom, Rock's mom and dad, they're like super come. involved in 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 wrestling. They're, yeah, they're they, super. Oh, yeah. They're super close to so many different people, like like Ric Flair. And well, they're broken up now, but um, they still live in the same street. And that who's Rock, broken up? The Rock's mom and dad. Oh, oh, okay. yeah. They live in the same street as the Rock down in Davy, but because uh, <clears throat> Rock bought all the homes for the family there. Where where's that at? Down in Davy. Where's Davy? South Florida, Lake Lauderdale. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyhow, um, mum and dad used to come to our restaurant when they had the the bushwhackers down at a steakhouse mm-hmm. on Dale Mabry, and that they used to come there all the time. Yeah. And eat. Why are why are there? It seems like there's everybody lives in Tampa. Every wrestler. Why? Because of the weather, mate. The weather sucks at, here. It's so hot. They like it, mate. You you don't know what it's like to live up north. There. Yeah, that's true. You have to put clothes on to go outside. You come inside, you have to strip off. When you go outside, you have to double up clothes. You have to double up everything. So is it because all these WWE wrestlers they've been exposed to every country, every city on earth, and they they've found that Tampa is by far the yeah, best. Yeah, and no Florida too. Just the Florida laws, in general. The tax laws and everything too. The tax it's laws cheap. are way better here for sure. Yeah, they're cheap too. And if you go into bankruptcy, you um you still keep your home in your car. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hell yeah! Do a lot of wrestlers go bankrupt? No, I've been I've been down there. In the yeah. restaurant that did dealt one on Dale Mabry. I come back and it was three quarters of a million in debt. I, wow. I went overseas for I went overseas and stayed up in the Middle East. This is after WWF, and I came back and it was seven eighty seven hundred eighty thousand in debt. What I had to fuck? go bankrupt there. 
Who the hell did you have running that operation? No, there's only two people who had the the the, the um to the back door and um, by the time I got back and then they, they said to me everybody was coming in we were open from 11 to 12, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. midnight and they were going out and after midnight and partying on the strip and that you know all the restaurants the city bars mm -hmm, down yeah, around yeah. there then coming back we sold lobster Mons you know, a street you know filet mignon and all that shit and um, they were taking out Cube rolls, lobster tails, and drinking the alcohol. That's fucked up. <laughs> just partying there. Five o'clock. They just fucking. They, they were going out at five because I went to the company was doing the um, the service for us, and they t they oh. gave me the sheets, and they said, "This is what's been happening." <laughs> Everyone had the key code. Anyhow, getting back to wrestling. So anyhow, that was that. That's I, crazy, man. Yeah, anyhow, after you know, we come into the States, that's when I got into the booking side of it. You know, my first territory is a booker. If you know what a booker is, the booker is the guy that runs the back of the house for the promoter mm -hmm. and that. The wrestling promoter does a promotion, books the arenas, has the television and does all that sort of stuff. You know, he doesn't write, but the booker writes the television and brings and books the talent and lays out the matches and writes it and writes the television show. And I, yeah, yeah. and I started doing that in 83 okay. and I did that right up till I went into WWE. And when I got out of WWE it, it, in two in 201, I went down to Puerto Rico mm -hmm. and ran a company with IWA there to 208. And I had all Latins there. Here I am, an English-speaking person, and I had three Latins working for me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Was, In Puerto writing, Rico? And it was Telemundo. First, we could have we could use other we could use other music, you know, any music and that. Uh, and um, we could use, you know, the rock songs and all that sort of stuff. And then Telemundo was bought out by NBC, <laughs> and then we had to tighten the whole show up. You know, it had to be right on the second for for commercial breaks. No, we had to buy we had to buy uh, generic music, and they had to change the the whole front of the thing. Who is the guy that got murdered in Puerto Rico? Bruiser Brody. Bruiser Brody. And yeah. his wife is a Kiwi. I still talk to Barbara on the internet. You do really? His yeah. wife. His wife is from New Zealand. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, uh, Lanny, Lanny was talking a little bit about that. Yeah, he was it. a good friend of mine. He drew a lot of money with me with Abdullah the Butcher. Did he really? Yeah, they, Abdullah and him drew, they were the biggest stars and in Japan ever. From the, what they say is that he was like a big-time bully, like he bullied people a lot, or he was like a big-time... Well, time. that's, yeah... Yeah, not he, like not like in the ring, but like behind the scenes, he was like kind of a dick and kind of a bully to people. That's what that's what I've heard from like documentaries about him, and that's yeah, well, that's a. I know him from a different point of view. He he was well when he went in when when he got booked to go work in a territory, he went there to get over as the bad guy. Yeah, and he got over straight away because mm. if you, if you don't get over, you don't draw any money. Yeah. he was always main event. And that you always got to, he was got to get over because the, the, the good guy's going to have someone to beat. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always a good guy in a territory, yeah. a lo the local good guy, you know yeah. what I mean? And you feed the bad guys to him all the time. Once a good guy, bad guy gets over, he has a good strong run, and then he goes and they, you have to get another bad guy over, and the good guy stays there, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Like Jerry Lawler stayed in Memphis all those years. Yeah, yep. it made it. You know, I remember when when um, the guy from Taxi, 
Fuck, he's dead. Oh. The guy from Taxi came in and that, and he was on the David Letterman show. I don't know. Remember the show Taxi? Yeah, I remember the show. I don't, I don't remember who you're talking about, though. Who was the main star? Andy Kaufman. Okay. Andy Kaufman. He's the guy that came in and wrestled woman and that from New York and that and got over and that and, and, and he wasn't big and that. But oh. that he did a big program. I was there when they did the bird. Jimmy Hart was the main part of this too. Did he, ever, did he tell you about the Andy Kaufman thing? No. Oh, that was the big thing. David Letterman came down. They did the whole big the Letterman show there. No way. Yeah, that, that's when they that. did the burning and that. And with Kaufman, it was okay. a hell of an angle. An angle is a, a thing that you do right. to draw to draw the houses down the line and that. Okay. Jerry Lawler, Jerry Lawler did, this, did a big thing there. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you doing now? So what's next? So what's uh what's your what's future? The next thing? What's the future for the for the bushwhacker? Uh, well, for the Luke, to put my marching boots on and march for just a while. Gonna, just gonna march into the sunset? No, no, I'm not <laughs> marching into the sunset yet. No, I'm going back. Looks like I'm gonna go back into the um, restaurant bar business. Are you really? Yeah, that's a tough business. Yeah, from what I know. I've heard. Tough business. Tough business. I know. I've been there. The gym business also. I mean, you just got out of the gym business. Yeah, but that... I got out of that because of the rent. You know, the guy, the plaza was sold, mm -hmm. and um, and then my contract they raised the rent on come you. up, and yeah. that and the uh, rent was one and a half times what I grossed. Wow, god damn, that doesn't work. The Brown Box has taken over that, and the Japanese restaurant. Yeah, the Brown Box is going to put a stairway up into there. From are you there. kidding me? So they're going to be no, two, I'm not two kidding levels. you, man. That's going to be insane. Damn. Yeah, they're putting a, a bowling alley and games room and all Up top? No. Oh. Down below. Down below. Yeah, they're going to dig a hole and go underneath. Of course, they're putting a stairway <laughs> up top and going straight up. You're not going to put a bowling alley on the second floor, are you? Mini bowling, I think they're going to put a mini. A games a games room, you know, like the tap and token, that, he did, that did shit on the South Beach. But they're gonna, they've always had the idea of Dave and Buster. Yeah. Do it right. Yeah, that's a good right. spot for that. Yeah, that would, that would, be, that would be pretty. Yeah, cool. the, you know, taking that over, place is fucking jam packed every weekend. I haven't now, been down there in years. Now you know that you know the the uh, hallway there between the Japanese place and the gym. Oh yeah, that's closed. Going to be closed off. Okay, and that that elevator there, and they're putting a stairway. They're putting a stairway there down, down um, into right into the uh, brown box. Yeah, wow, that's in insane. There. So that's going to be. There's a there, hey, that's going to be a, a a big job there. You big know, spot, not, yeah. it's going to be at least I'd say a half a million to. A, it's going to be a million dollar job. Oh yeah. So where are you working out now that you don't have the gym? Where are you? No, in, I where? went there. I, I went there to there today to the um to Clearwater Beach Fitness. I sold the name and all the equipment. And I sold the media and all that stuff. Everything. Okay. Sold him everything. There. Are you still working out there though? Yeah, I worked out there today, but I've been going to with Hulk to the um, goals on um, East Bay with Hulk. Yeah. Okay. Still hanging out with Hulk a lot? No, I haven't been hanging out with him. But haven't seen him. You know, I've been no. on the road well, before at the gym and that, but now I've got more time, and I'm looking to do something on the beach. I'm waiting for him to open up there too. See, but that's a long job. Open up the, what? You know, Hogan's Hangout. 
It's been sitting there ready to open up for for six months. I don't even know what Hogan's Hangout is. Where? On the in corner, the... next next to the Brown Boxer. In the same plaza. Well, they have the beach shop. You know, you know where the surf shop was the next surf to shop the Brown used to Boxer. Be, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. where Mandalay that, used sorry, to be. They've had that for three years. They've done it all up. It's really? been ready to open. And what's it going to be? It's Hogan's Hangout. Is that going to be a bar? Hogan's Hangout. What are you, you, you walking? You walking and you hang out. What do you do? Yeah, you bar eat, drink. restaurant. Okay, bar restaurant. Uh, yeah. Wow, it's got that's gonna be crazy. Open. Upstairs is open. It's got inside out, outside. What? Upstairs. It's already open? No. Oh, it's, it's been ready, ready to open. To open. I'm chomping at the bit. I want to go hang out with Hogan. <laughs> it's been open, ready to open for the last three months. I don't know what the city's doing. You know, oh, the people who are hired to Clearwater, you know what Clearwater Beach is? Yeah, they're That was three years in the makings. They started doing this three years ago. Damn. You're behind time, what's going So is he doing it by himself? I mean, who's he Who's he got working with him on? Is that all confidential, or do you know, is he, like, working with somebody who's... No, someone else is... He's just given his name, like... Exactly, right. Like with... Yeah, Hogan's Like Hogan's Beach. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's it. That'll be cool. I can't wait to check that shit out. It's already built, and it's got the big signs up, yeah. Hogan's Hangout and all that. That would have been perfect right next to your months. gym, man. That would have been so great right next yeah, to the gym. Yeah, right at the gym because it would have been good for traffic. But That would have been great. Yeah, but they would, this guy, as soon as he came in and bought the plaza, the word was he wanted to make it all games, all, you know, um, food restaurants and games and that. He's got all the... All those, you know, he's got the plane and all that stuff. The simulation, the yeah, simulator. He's got, there's yeah. about three or four of those places in that plaza now. There's three or four rooms there now. Really? Yeah. Scare and rooms. And there's the escape room. Yeah, the escape room. room. They have the escape room. And there's, room. Uh, what's the name now? The Poke Bowl place. And that's, there's uh, another another bar there where they make all the slushy drinks. Okay. You know yeah. what are they called? Yeah, it's a it's Frozen a clear one. It's a it's a tourist. It's a tourist. Yeah, he's plaza. wanting to do that. He's wanting. So I got the message. Even though I told him when he first came there, I said a gym is always good to have there because it brings people to the plaza, and they then they can eat and get their hair all the bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. He wanted to get rid of me. I used to drive. <laughs> I used to drive across town. I used to make a fucking twenty minute drive almost every day to go to that gym. I loved going to that gym. Yeah, that was the, the last of it. And everyone around the country had come there. They come in there and they always gave me good write-ups. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a, I had a 4.9 and 5-star on Google, TripAdvisor. Yeah, and you did. Yeah, you did. You yeah. had a great place. You ran that place right, that's for sure. Yeah. And it was 24 hours. Yep, and that's it. That's well, I'm sure the time. new restaurant bar will be... will be. Uh, yeah, it was already there. It was a guy... I'm trying to get rid of use my name. I'm doing the same thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's smart. Where's Stay, that going to be at? Well, I, mean, I can't say until I'm yeah. positive. Stay out, of, stay out of the fucking bean counting and the, and the liquor sales. Oh, stay out of all I, that crap. I, I Just rent your name I out. Wanna, I don't yeah. want to be doing the, the wages. You and don't want to be shit. in the business. No. The tax. Yeah, just right. license, license yeah. the Luke name and, and that's it. Yeah, that's, Clean. It. that's it, mate. I want to do cool. that. Well, cool, Luke. Thanks for coming out and sharing yeah. your stories and sharing your. Uh... I haven't told any good stories yet. I've just been telling you about my life. <laughs> Let's, get Let's get a good story. Let's get a good story. What's the best story from know, your rescue? Tell me the wackiest, craziest fucking story you got. We'll end. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll end it with like a, a crazy fucking story that'll blow people's minds. Uh, no, I can't yet because 
I don't know how far I can go. You here. can go. No, this is a YouTube video, so you can go. Hey, oh, here's, here's one. You can go so fucking here's far. One, you know, in say in in WA, we did a lot of towns and in, in the south there, and you know the the southern cops in a lot of these little towns and that. There was one town when we used to do TV in. Um, I can't even think of the name of the town now, but we had to go through smaller towns to get to it, you yeah. know, do the TV there. And the cops used to wait for, for the boys to come through it to give them tickets, you know what I mean? Right. It's, it's one of those things, you're doing 65, 55, 45, and you come near the town, it's 25, and then it goes down to 15. <laughs> Anyhow. We're in, we go through that town, and then we pick up speed and get out of town. And there's Roddy Piper, me, and Butch. We're drinking, and and um, this is going back in early '80s, having a couple of tokes and that, and a um, couple of tokes, couple of bumps. Yeah, and then there, no, no bumps. No bumps. That was like the <laughs> drug of choice back then. The cocaine. Yeah, and and, and that. I heard some crazy cocaine stories. Yeah, wrestling. I can tell you some too, but I don't want to touch. Tell because people are still alive. Okay. Anyhow, there's well, um, just use pseudonym names. Uh, anyhow, um, we get out. We get on the road there. We just get out out about uh, twenty minutes away, and a guy had been following us. We didn't know, and now we've put some speed up on that, and we get pulled over. Yeah, and the fucking um, the cop was a real southern redneck cop, and that blah blah blah. He says uh, he he says I'm going to take you in. You're caught at doing, I think it was 70. We're doing 70 and a 55 mile. He says, and he said, he took the driver. He said, follow me. He says, one of you is coming. He put one of us in the police car and one of us had, it was Roddy Piper driving. And we, and we um, take us back to the little town and he took us back to the courthouse. On the way back to the courthouse, he called the judge. The judge gets up. And that was the time we get there, we're waiting outside. The judge's home is next door to the little courthouse. <laughs> and it's one of these little towns, you yeah. blink as you go through it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You blink as you go through it. And um, we, we wait for him. He comes across to, from his home to the courtroom in a dressing gown and slippers. Let's us in, and we go, we sit in front of the bench and that, and blah, blah, blah. And he finds Roddy. Right there and then, so much, and if you don't, and if you don't pay it, then they take your license, so they hold your license there till you till you pay it, and um, and and you get your license back. Anyhow, I don't know what happened whether he took the license, but we scraped up between the three of us, the the fine I think, or he took his license. Anyhow, the hammer goes down, the fine. Pay, we, we go to leave. We go outside. Now he's sitting at a table like this, right? At a bench like that. And about for those those things there is the window where you've got your other uh, monitors there. Maybe closer, half the distance. And he's sitting here. He's sitting at his desk about here. And there's the monitors there. We come around to that window there. And Roddy gets up and pisses. Pisses all over the window. <laughs> In he front of the judge? Around, he could turn like just like that. 
and he could see the piss hitting the window. And that, and I, I was freaking out. And buddy, they was, he didn't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? And he was pissing. I can imagine that if he just turned around and saw it, he come out. We would have been locked up that night. Oh my God, that's fucking yeah, that's insane. Funny. That's, yeah. Wow. All right, dude. Thank yeah, you. Thank you for the stories, Luke. That yeah, was that's awesome. That's only a man. mild one, but there's a lot of other. I want to get some really good ones. Oh, I well, here's, some... a, here's one. Then we're up in we're up in Bangkok or Singapore. Yeah. In Boogie Street, you know, you sit down. Boogie Street's a market street during the day, and at night, it's market street. People walking up and down, and there's market and, and restaurants. You know, with little restaurants. At night, the streets closed off. It's notorious in the world. Yeah. This, and all the hookers and everybody else there, uh, is on Boogie Street, right? Mm-hmm. There's little tables. Guys don't own restaurants or that, but they put a little table out with four chairs. One guy might put one table out or two tables out, and that's how he makes a living. He brings you menus from about four or five restaurants around. So you you sit at his table and you order booze. He'll go and get it off someplace, and that and he's got all the menus. You choose where or what menu, and you sit at his table. Like he runs eats. those restaurant. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. He runs the restaurant, brings the menus over there. Now he brings the menu with all the girls on it. Yeah. And there's all the trinkets too on one, you know what I mean? And the live shows, the dog shows, the donkey shows and all that. And he brings the menu over, and and he and uh, we're looking through the the uh, f- the girls and that, and um, the and menu, Butch of, is, menu, the of, menu girls? of girls, yeah. And Butch points at one here. She says, oh, "That she don't look too bad." That, you know, we were living over there for a hundred dollars, hundred dollars a week. We were living like kings, hundred dollars a week. Where was it? Singapore. Singapore, yeah. yeah. Uh, this was this was nineteen sixty nine, I think. And that, seventy sixty nine, and that, and was what kind of girls? What kind of girls were on that menu? Oh, she males and males and females <laughs> and everything. Oh and that shit! We were staying, we were, we, Damn. We were we were living at have an apartment overlooking the harbour because Singapore is a gateway to the east. All the container ships come in there. Anyhow, we're, we're smoking the Swede, and my partner had never smoked Thai stick before. And that, and this is a tie stick. Tie stick. Okay. Tie stick is, you squeeze the buds and the juice drips out of it. Sounds heavy. And that, oh yeah, you hallucinate on it. We're Ooh. sitting in the apartment, and that, and there's all ranch sliders, and there's a balcony you're overlooking the harbour, and all the container trips, container ships are there, and the lights are flashing on them, and that, and Butch thinks there's a war going on out there with all the lights <laughs> flashing. We've got the big, imp- you know, like you see in movies, the big wooden fans, the props are about, you know, this wide, the big, yeah. the wooden, they're like that, they're that, that wide, and they go like that, and it's go. He's thinking there's helicopters coming in on us and everything. He's freaking out. You know, just telling you how we were on the, the first time we smoked Thai stick over there. We were, we, were, we were living on $3 worth of stuff a week. And That's then crazy. Eating, all our washing and food was cooked for us. Our washing was done every night. The clothes you take off, the housekeeper would come in early. She'd, by the time we got up, all our clothes had been washed, what we wore the day before. 
we were living the life. Like you know kings I mean? over there. Getting your hair, going in for a massage, to get your hair shampooed and that and hair done. You sit in a chair. The woman would massage your feet and clean your feet and massage your feet and trim your nails and all that. And then massage your head and, and you know, shampoo, massage your head and your hands and trim your nails and that. And, and um you'd be high as a kite <laughs> and you know how much I'd pay for that three dollars holy God shit damn. Yeah, yeah this was unreal and all anyhow, the she-males she you could ask for anyhow Butch points out this one on this menu in Boogie Street and he says that's her over there and that so we have a few drinks to that we go over there and uh, we take we take these two girls home right mm -hmm. back to the apartment yeah uh, Butcher's wife doesn't hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, we go. We're up. We're up in the apartment. Up in the apartment. All of a sudden, I hear a scream, and Butch says, "Fuck! I've got a handful of fucking rocks." Oh no! It was a, it was a guy. Got a, yeah, <laughs> oh, beautiful tits. Beautiful tits. Everything. And I says, "Fuck it! Turn her around and fuck her. She's got big tits." <laughs> Yes. What did he do? Way. Did he do it? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> oh, my fuck. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's unbelievable. That's yeah. insane. You've lived yeah. one hell of a life. You know, they, they, that, was, that was in Singapore. Bangkok is, you've heard about Bangkok, yeah. right? Yeah, that's just like uh, the it's hangover. It's crazy movie. over there, yeah. Yeah, that's a different live show. I've watched. The, I seen donkey shows and all that sort of stuff. Really? Where, where, where the girl comes out and that. With a, with a girl, and she can't get satisfied. Then the diet guy comes out, and then she can't get satisfied. Then they bring the donkey in the harness. Oh my you god! Know, and it's got a little, and it's got a rubber band and like a little tube around its John Thomas. So it can't go. So, so, it, can't go, so it can't go all the way in you. You know what I mean? Oh you know, my god! And, long, and that, and, and there's there's a harness. The donkey's in a harness, you know what I mean? She's she's in the, like this, and they lower the donkey down. Oh my yeah, god! Like Holy insane. shit! Because <laughs> it gets wild There's in other countries. I'm talking about I'm talking about in the sixties. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right, anything probably went yeah. back then. You know the girls from New Zealand, the drag queens used to, from the New Zealand used to go over to Singapore and or you know Australia, but Singapore, and they get the cut and tuck done there. You know, cut and tuck that mm -hmm. was done over there years ago. The surgeons and that, and get it, you know, get yeah. all the 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 t implants and all that sort of yeah. stuff. You know, the ones that working in Australia, and New Zealand. When I was now, I don't know if this is true or not, but can you? Is it true what you used to tell me at the gym about the sheep? Sheep. Were you joking with me about the woolly that, girls? The woolly girls. That's the woolly girls. What is that? I say, what if I'm going to say, sheep's pussy is the closest to a woman's. <laughs> the they call them woolly girls. Yeah, the woolly girls. <laughs> <laughs> Who, the shaggers. farmers say yeah, that we we were called as a bushwhack sheep herders. We were called the sheep shaggers. The sheep shaggers. <laughs> so is it, is it true? I don't know. I haven't shagged one. Oh, I thought you did. You talk, <laughs> I, I believed you. No, because you used no. to say like the tongues are green. I'm sure sure early yeah, somebody yeah, does it. Tongues are green. That's a, yeah. You got to get them in the morning early to kiss them before their tongues get green from grazing. <laughs> That's, That's what we used to tell all the people, you know, when we come in here, 
when we come over this side of the world, the people in the front seat would be driving us, and they say, "What language do you talk?" They they couldn't understand me and Butch because we'd talk so fast yeah. in English. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, if you go over to if you go in the Caribbean and you go to Trinidad and Barbados, that's really piglet. Pigeon English, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, really pigeonish, yeah, yeah, man, you know. But they talk so fast, and that a friend of mine was down there. We're working, and that he and we're in a bar. He says, "What are they singing? What, what language are they singing?" And I says, "That's English." <laughs> Couldn't know? understand any of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it's, it's down in those islands. I live. I worked those islands for years: Trinidad, Barbados, Jamaica, and that. Really? Yeah, Sunfest. I've been one Sunfest. Yeah, and that was Bob Marley's son there then. Okay. You know, the dad had died. He's a god, but uh, you know, that, yeah. that music, reggae music is big time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, it's speech music. Yeah. Oh, definitely. definitely, yeah. That's where a lot of, that's where most music came from was, yeah. was reggae music. And I the, mean, you know, that guy too, Takeda, what's his name now? He's still around, he's 70 and he's still singing in bare feet. Takeda's. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, no, I forget who. You that know, is. barefoot on the stage, still selling out arenas. Uh, not J- Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett? Buffett. Yeah, talking about Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, Margaritaville. Yeah, he's still he he's semi gay, but that's beach music too. Oh yeah, yeah. he's still doing yeah, it. Yeah, but he's still selling out arenas. Oh everywhere. yeah, big time. Summertime, he's big time. He is big time. He's always he's he's fucking that guy. That guy's got some money. Yeah, his voice is cracked, but he has girls surrounding him now, beautiful girls singing harmonies, and he gets on that stage, knee brace and all, and jumps yeah. around. He's the guy who did it right when it comes to licensing your name mm-hmm. for restaurants. That's the guy who did it right. With He's got weed though. named after him <laughs> in the really? dispensaries and stuff, yeah. He's yeah. got his own brand of weed. Margaritaville weed? Jimmy Buffett weed. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's wild. What was it like being around like Andre and Hulk back then in the oh, prime good. and stuff? Oh, Andre was, we were like, he, Andre looked after me and Butch. As I said, we come from New Zealand and he came to New Zealand well before he comes to the States. Yes, yeah, so so, you knew him a long yeah, time before. Yeah, he, took, he made sure that we were always taken care of. Andre, he was good to us. Really? And and, and his last match for WWE, he's in our corner. If you if you go to yeah, WWE crutches. on crutches, yeah. yeah. And if you go go online, like WWE's last match, he's doing a promo. Andre and the Bushwhackers. Yes, that's it, his and last he's promo. behind you guys? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I watched that Andre, earlier. Yeah, he's, Andre was always good to us. Hulk's always, Hulk's the one that got me to move here. <laughs> Really? Florida. Yeah, Claire didn't know. I w- I'd been re- lived in Florida before, on over in Hillsborough, Hillsborough Avenue on Hillsborough River, on the Hillsborough River just off the, the uh, Hillsborough um, Ave. You know Hillsborough mm-hmm. Ave? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where the river is. And I lived just in apartments there, seventy nine eighty. When I come here, he lived on Mad- Madeira Beach, yeah. and I lived on Indian Shores because mm-hmm. Madeira Beach butts on Indian Shores, mm-hmm. and the and there was a anyway, Rick Flair lived on Indian Rock Shore, Indian Rocks too. Yeah, karaoke place there. There used to be a karaoke place there, and that just 
you, when you come off the bridge, Park Boulevard, and you take a left, and there was a bar on the Friendly left. Tavern. Friendly, Friendly Tavern. Friendly Tavern, yeah. Yeah, well, I only, I lived, <laughs> as you come over the bridge, I lived right in front of them, the water there. I lived in, in Shore House. Okay. The first one, as you come over to go to Crabby Bulls that way, mm -hmm. the first hole in the road, you go straight in and drive under my place. No way. I, I lived there for 15 years. Damn. Holy 15 shit. 15 years. Yeah, I bought the place, and I, and I got offered 800000 and fuck, I didn't take it, waiting for the million. And, and then I went down Puerto Rico. I, ran, I went down there to run a territory for a guy for eight years, and the fucking thing dropped to 220. Damn. You know when that were Don't tell me the, you sold it back when it went down to 220. Uh, no, I, I had drawn on it as a bad, oh. a bad I don't want to tell the story there. Yeah. Bad story. I lost everything there. Oh fuck. Cuz I bought other properties and I and I wasn't a why I wasn't awake to when the when it went 208 when that went Mhm. Mm Bang. Yep. I fucked over a lot of people that. A lot of that people. Year, yeah. a, lot of a lot of people, people lost their shirt. Mhm. Mm yeah. That's crazy. Well, cool, yeah. Luke. I think it's a good time to wrap it up. It's been about two hours. No, you're joking. Almost. Eight, it's been an hour 45. You're joking. <laughs> no. We're cruising. We're cruising through this shit, man. We're telling stories. Yeah, it's it's time to fill stories. the boiler. Yeah, it's time to go out and fill the boiler. You're I gotta right, fill the boiler. Mate. I'm fucking starving, <laughs> <Yeah>. Luke. <laughs> I, gotta go, I gotta go fill my boiler up. Yeah, with some grub. With some yep. grub and some grub. Fill and the some drum. Yeah. Fill the drum. Yeah. <laughs> Cool, Luke. Well, thanks again, man. Okay, mate. It's good to be here, mate. And thanks for and, coming. Uh, what's the name of the podcast? Concrete Podcast. Uh, oh, Concrete Podcast. And I've got a daughter who has a who's just opened up um, Instagram. It's DD Bushwhacker Arts. She's 11 years of age, and she's an artist. She's your daughter. Yes. Wow. So um, she, she she's a great self taught artist. And she's been doing it since she's seven, six or seven, and had some great art. So What's the name opened, again? What's the Instagram name? DD Bushwhacker Art. Okay. Yep. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, we'll put it and in the And I will be too. On Halloween, I've got to check this out here. What the fuck? <laughs> I'll be at Spooky Empire <laughs> on the 1st and 2nd of, of November. Over in the convention center in Tampa. Okay. All oh, right. Spooky Empire. When is convention. that? November. Would you say second? First and second. All First right. and second. It November. starts on the thirty-first. Okay. The same day as Halloween. Halloween. All right. Spooky Empire. <laughs> and they usually do it in Orlando. This year they're doing it in Tampa. Usually draws a lot of people. Hell yeah! We'll have to come check that out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. All right, Luke. Luke the Bushwhacker, baby. Whoa! Yeah, I'm just going off to whack some bush, guys. <laughs> See ya down the road.